Spataka, I have a question for you. Have you ever been to a video arcade? Uh, no, I, I, I haven't been to a video arcade because, funnily enough, I've never really been interested in video games. I like playing games like physical games, like games where you have to actually do stuff and not just sitting in a chair and... Then what makes you want to do the Sinbad's episode? Well, it's old and it was the first place where I could play and they had lots of things that could be educational and so why not? I'm eight years old and I'm here with my friend Liz. Hi. She's from New York and together we're discovering new old things in Dubai that have been around a lot longer than I have. In each episode, we time travel through Dubai to uncover what this city looked like in the past. And we track down the people who are connected to our place or topic to ask them questions. Tell me more! I'm getting interviewed interrogated. <laughs> He's taking me back to 1979. As summer approaches in Dubai, all we can think about is staying indoors and having fun. So during this episode, we look at Sinbad's Wonderland, an arcade paradise for Dubai kids in the 1980s and 1990s. Spatika and I never had the chance to visit Sinbad's. It closed its doors in 1997. So, we had to track down key people who were here in the 80s to share their memories of what it was like. Listen as Sinbad's first and only manager, Ishwar Chigani, and two former Sinbad game players, Sonali Kolhadkar and Suraj Mulani, tell us more. How should I address you? Is Mr. Ishwar, Mr. Chigani, how should I address you? Because you're young, I, normally people call me IC. But you can, you can address me as Ishwar or Mr. Ishwar, whatever makes you comfortable. I normally like people calling me by my first name, but I guess it might be, a, I think for you, you might want to say Uncle Ishwar. <laughs> all, the, all the people who know me and grew up call me Sinba, Sinbad Uncle. Okay, Mr. Ishwar, are you the person who started Sinbad? Yes, uh, Sinbad opened in June 1980 when the Al Gurair Center opened. Uh, I came in in September 1979. Uh, the Al Gurair group who were setting up the Al Gurair Center met up with me in the Philippines and uh, wanted to set up a family entertainment center. So I came here with my experience on, of running a family entertainment center owned by my uncle in the Philippines and came to Dubai. But then I realized the project had to be uh, started from scratch. We didn't even have a name or a concept. So we put together everything and while I was strolling part Dubai, I saw a bookshop with a coloring book with Sinbad's face on it. And then I said, okay, I'm gonna name the amusement arcade Sinbad's Wonderland. It took about six months from concept to reality. I had to do everything from scratch, work 
with the Japanese designers to design the arcade, work with them on the, on the machines required, turning dreams into reality. Sinbad's Wonderland. Suraj Malani, co-founder of Ali Ali Children's Play Museum, knows a lot about how to have fun. It's what he does for a living. And as a kid growing up in Dubai in the Sinbad era, he has quite a few memories there. So when did you first go to Sinbad? So probably when I was about um, 11 years old, I have to say. And, you know, we heard about this place and there was all this buzz. Some of the lucky kids were getting to go and there was this excitement around it. And uh, me and a group of friends decided that we would go. So we asked our parents and our parents said that after the school year exams were done, uh, if we studied really hard, then as a treat, we would get to go to Sinbad. So what is your first memory of at Sinbad? Standing in line to buy the tokens and mm. that, that money of uh, tender and the green note turning into these beautiful 10 coins with the Sinbad logo and just holding those coins in our hand, I was like, wow, now I'm rich. You know, you didn't feel rich when you were holding the 10 dirhams in your hand, but once you got the coins in your hand, now you were rich because now you could actually do something with that money, right? Yeah. So I felt really rich at the beginning of it. And at the end of it, I felt really poor because I <laughs> experienced more. I wanted to play those games more and I didn't have any more money to buy the tokens with. So did you go alone or did you go with your parents? Yeah, we did go alone and that was really, really exciting for us because we didn't get to do that very often. So that yeah. was the end of exam celebration. And there were, of course, no cell phones, so you were really out there by yourself and your parents didn't have any connection. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty exciting stuff. So, so, so I just wanted to point out that sometimes I just ask my parents so I can head off to my grandparents' house is because I just need to escape from them. What was cool about Sinbad's was that it became a place for celebrating kids' birthday parties. Sonali Kolhatkar is now a Los Angeles-based journalist, but she still remembers what it felt like to go to Sinbad's as a Dubai kid. Considering how much I used to love going to that place, I'm pretty sure I would have been the one to lobby for that destination to have a birthday party um, rather than my parents volunteering it. Uh, but the reason for that was because it felt like a little mini wonderland, you know, when you're a kid, um, especially growing up in Dubai in the 80s, there weren't that many of the kinds of things that kids could do that were available, say, in the US. So we didn't have that many video game arcades. We didn't have, we, we didn't even have that many malls. We just had one, which was El Guerrero Center. We didn't have like theme parks. We had like, you know, there was one theme park and it was far away and it was very small. So we didn't have these kind of cool, modern um, playground type things for kids in the 80s. And Sinbad was one of the few. And it was just, you know, like this little fantasy land that we loved going to and we didn't get to go to very often. So to have our birthday, to have my birthday was I celebrated it together with my older sister whose birthday falls in the same month. Um, and I think that's why my parents agreed was because they were like, okay, we can do like two birthdays at one. 
um, at one time. And, uh, and so I think they, that was, that was, you know, they went ahead and it was awesome. <laughs> Did you enjoy the party? I mean, it was probably my eighth or ninth birthday. Uh, and I'm now 46. So we're talking about nearly four decades ago. Uh, I remember less about the specifics of the party and, and what it felt like, but more about the feel of it, the, 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 the memory of the feel of being there, that it was special. You know, my parents didn't do very many. We, we had birthday parties at home. Uh, my mom was great at that. We, you know, weren't like super rich. And so it wasn't, it was, it was dear to, to, to do that, to pay for a fancy birthday party at a place like Sinbad. And so I definitely appreciated it. And I felt like, you know, felt like a lucky kid. I remember feeling like a lucky kid and the fact that I could treat my like friends to this fun event. That was really, really cool. I think it was my cousin. He was having a birthday party there. And I remember there was a magic show. And I don't remember how old I was, but I remember it was a really good magician because he did a trick. He changed the color of this rabbit uh, mask that he was holding. And all the kids thought they had the trick figured out because they kept telling him, turn it around. It's on the other side. The color's on the other side. And he did turn it around, but it wasn't that color. And so all the kids were wondering, wait, how did he do that? So yeah, that that was the fun part of the birthday. Did you get to know actually how he did this trick? Yeah, if he did reveal them, he never revealed them to me. So till this date, uh, you know, it's been over 30 years and I still don't know how he uh, how he did that trick. So what was your favorite game at Sinbad's? Uh, you know, I actually have to think really hard about that because it was the experience of it, I think, and the fun that we had going together as friends and making it a day out of it that was really fun uh, but if I had to rack my brains I, I do remember there was a pinball machine and oh, I liked pinball. pulling that lever and seeing that uh, that ball go up there and then you know bang around in between and the machine <laughs> light up and make the choo choo cha cha noises and <laughs> And, and, and so that kind of stick, stuck with me. So I, ha I would have to say that my favorite game at Sinbad was the, uh, the pinball machine. Well, my favorite games were Defender, uh, uh, then the, the baby football, table football, and of course the pinball machines. I would spend a lot of time on the pinball machines. And Space Invaders. You know, those were some of the best games. And there was another one that I really liked was Whack-A-Mole, where you had the hammer and the moles come out and you, you hit them as quick as you can. <laughs> Spatika, have you played any of those games? So, so never heard of Whack-A-Mole before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was one of those, you know, you sit in a little seat and everything is dark around you and you're it's like one of those simulator games where you're driving i have a memory of that my my main favorite was the one where you put the tokens in and there's a claw that goes in and there was this one kind of candy that i loved so much it was just basically a candy vending machine but dressed up as a game and you all, you always got candy. Like that was, it was like guaranteed that you would get candy. So it was just basically just a matter of like picking which one. And there was this one that my sister and I loved. And I don't even know what it was called, but it came in this like 
like a little plastic tray and they were these little like cigars like fingers shaped wafers thin wafers rolled in like a thin like layer of chocolate and you couldn't find them at like supermarkets for some reason they were in this vending machine sometimes you found them but they weren't easy to find that was our favorite and that I think it was my favorite game and so we enjoyed that candy from that machine even though I don't know why that was a game but that was definitely one of my favorites. Sinbad's was not just a wonderland for kids it was a wonderland for adults and even robots. So, Mr. Ishwar, by email you sent us loads of interesting articles and one of them mentioned that famous people and robots, such as Muhammad Ali and Fubar, came to Sinbad. How did these people or ro- famous people or robots end up there? At that time, there was not much option for anybody. Dubai was still growing. We're talking about 40 years ago. So Al Ghurair Center was like, when people come now, they go to Dubai Mall because it was the only indoor shopping center and we were the only indoor amusement arcade. So anybody who would come, whether actors, actresses, whether it's Muhammad Ali, Hema Malini, Fubar, and many others, even Sheikh Rashid had come for the opening. His Highness, the late Sheikh Rashid, Sheikh Mohammed's father. Sheikh Mohammed had also come. His children used to come and play. A lot of the old Dubai families, all their children would come and play at Sinbad's because it was the only place for them to hang out. This is Muhammad Ali playing with, and these are all my staff at that time. So this was when I used to do the birthday. You saw this, right? And then this was all the stuff that you would have seen with Sheikh Rashid. And this was the guy who was... uh, uh, a weightlifting expert, I think his name was there. Then we even had like a f- the f- football guys who came. That's me, that's me, 1970. That's Bobby George, the world darts player. Because I play darts, that's me. See that with my long hair? Change is inevitable, but it's too bad Simbad's Wonderland at El Guerrero Center closed its doors in the mid-1990s. I'd be cashing in my Durham for tokens to play the Pac-Man machine. Yeah, and I was wondering what they did with all of the games. Did they throw it or did they sell them? Let's find out. When we shut the Al Guerrero Center here in the mid-90s, I went to Pakistan to help set up the first Simbad. That was at the Dolmen Center on downtown along with my team. So Sinbad finally closed in 1997. Most of the equipment and machines we had, we were able to sell them to a company in India and a lot to a company, the people in Pakistan who first started with the machines that we refurbished and sold to them and now have really reinvented Sinbad and continues its legacy. Did you take any souvenirs from Sinbad? Yes, I have a machine at home. I still have the tokens. I have a whole bunch of uh, papers in the office. My, the only thing I feel sad is I, I actually keep everything, pictures, press releases. That got lost when we shifted office. I had four albums of all the machine catalogs, the design, everything. That got misplaced. But I still had uh, like the supplements when we were 10 years, 20 years, magazines. So if you want to come to the office to go through it, I still have it. So, what are your favorite memories of Sinbad? My favorite memories of Sinbad is, see that man over there? He is a Sinbad customer. He is Mr. Jashanmal himself. 
How are you? Yeah. We're, Hello. We're just doing an interview because they want to talk about Sinbad's. And I said, oh, when no. we open Al Gurair, they had Jasha. His father was with me at the opening of Sinbad. Oh, you're I used to walk into Sinbad and ask Ishwar here for free tokens for pinball machines. And he very kindly obliged me many, many times. So there you go. So it's even Shuja is here for the event and has a meeting as well. Yeah, Small world. <laughs> Nice yeah. So what was your question again about my favorite? Okay, many are meeting interesting people, getting to really know a lot of local people, uh, dealing with them, understanding their culture. And for me, one of the best takeaways of Sinbad is any local I meet today who are over 35 years old, know Sinbad, that their face gleam. Even UAE government officials, when I get a chance to meet them, I actually, when I say Sinbad or Modir Sinbad, manager, they actually want to take a selfie. And the best part about my job is that I, it was, I, had to, I get to play with the customers. You know, I was playing every day, you know. So people, I was in the business of leisure with pleasure. The magic of Sinbad was that here was a place that catered to kids. Like, as a kid, you live in an adult's world, right? You live in a world that's run by grown-ups, made for grown-ups. In the 80s, to have a place that was designed for kids, purely for the enjoyment of kids, that was really rare. And it felt really special and made kids feel special. You know, it felt like this is a place that grown-ups may not care about as much, but for kids, it felt like a fantasy land. Okay, Spataka, we never had the thrill of experiencing Sinbad's in person. But what did you learn about it from your interviews? Well, first, it was epic that people just passed by Mr. Ishwar when we were interviewing him, and, well, they just shared all their memories of Sinbad's Wonderland. I agree. Mr. Ishwar is a total legend. What sounds like the coolest thing about Sinbad's? Uh, a few, quite a few of them. The birthday room, all the arcade stuff, and that your parents left you and your friends there alone while they went shopping. Do you feel you missed out on something, having never gone to Sinbad's? <laughs> yes. I mean, I wish I could just jump to different times whenever I like, like time travel, like a box, like in Calvin and Hobbes. Me too. I time travel back to the Sinbad era for sure. Dubai kids and parents of the 1980s and 1990s, we'd love to hear your favorite memories of Sinbad's. And kids today, tell us where you want to play this summer. You can write to us at tellmemore at amea.media. That's tellmemore at a-m-a-e-y-a dot media. This episode of Tell Me More was brought to you by Amea Media. It was produced by Liz McEnany and hosted by me, Spatika and Liz. Chirag Desai is our amazing sound editor. Our fantastic music is composed by Daniel Belka. A big thank you to Ishwar, Suraj and Sonali for giving us time. They're very important people and we're grateful to them. We'd love to hear what you thought of our show. Leave us a review and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And do subscribe to Tell Me More from Amaya Media for future episodes. Until next time, stay safe. Bye! Bye!